Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. If you've listened to the Yoga Girl podcast before, I'm sure you have heard me talk about TransferWise. It's a cheaper, faster way for people and businesses to send money internationally. But there is something unique about TransferWise that I love to highlight, and that's their empathetic approach. The team at TransferWise always treats you with respect and understanding. Maybe the best example of this is TransferWise's price comparison tool. By simply clicking compare price on the homepage, you'll instantly be able to see if TransferWise actually is the cheapest option for your transfer. If it isn't, they'll make sure to tell you what actually is. You can always get connected with a real live person if you need help or if you have questions and what's more, they actually listen to customer feedback. When customers said they wished they could convert different currencies all on their own, TransferWise spent a long time developing their multi-currency account. It lets you hold over 40 different currencies at once and convert between them whenever you like. Over 5 million people are already saving with TransferWise. Want to see for yourself what makes TransferWise different? Test them out for free at transferwise.com yoga or download the app. You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast, conversations from the heart. Hi, you guys. Welcome to the show. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to share a little something. So today's Thursday. I recorded this episode yesterday on a Wednesday, and in it, I talk about my book release, the release of To Love and Let Go, and I talk a lot about the New York Times bestselling list and how the book didn't make the list. And the episode is about how I manage my expectations and disappointment when it arrives and how we can turn that to gratitude. Well, something amazing happened today. So I just found out that we still have an amazing chance of making the New York Times bestsellers list this week. The book outsold nine out of 15 books on the list last week. So we have a huge, huge, huge chance of making the list this week, which means I want to take this opportunity to let you know that if you want to support the book and help me reach this dream, you have today, Friday and tomorrow, Saturday to still do that. So if you haven't bought the book yet, please do leave a review on Amazon, tell the whole world about this book, because we really do have a chance of making this list. And it's a huge, huge dream of mine. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for your support and enjoy the show. 
Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am really happy to be sitting here recording this right now. It's been a whirlwind of a couple of weeks, and last week's episode was a recorded meditation that I kind of pre-recorded before we headed out on our big book tour because I knew it would be really crazy and hard for me to record while we were traveling. So I feel like it's been a while since I got to sit here and share with you and speak from the heart and just, yeah, talk. (laughs) I'm kind of sitting here with some mixed feelings right now. So I decided today to record this podcast at the very end of the day. Today was a really important day for me and things did not go the way I had hoped. I'm going to share all of that in detail in a little in a little moment. But how about right now we take a moment to close our eyes, to settle down, to center... So wherever you are, if you have the ability to close your eyes and find a comfortable place to sit, go ahead and do just that. And then whatever space you're in, let's take a really loud and clear cleansing breath. So imagining this breath as if, if, you know, if there's anything that you have lingering inside of your body and your heart and your breath, something stagnant, something that you need to shake it off or get it out of your system. This is that breath, okay? So go ahead and take a huge, deep, full breath in through the nose. Pause at the very top of the breath. And now loud and clear, exhale it out. Oh, let's do that one more time. That felt really good. So full breath in through the nose. And when you get there, pause for a second, hold that breath in and feel what it feels like to really contain this breath in this space. And then open them out, let it all go. (sighs) Hmm. So feeling into your heart space for a moment, you can let your breath just return to that neutral space of the breath in and out through the nose. And if you'd like, you can take one of your hands and just place it to your chest and Feel into that space beneath the palm of your hand right now. How you doing? (laughs) What's up? What's new? How are you feeling? How's your day been so far? Have you had a good day, easy day, hard day, heavy day? Maybe a little bit of all of the things. I'm just feeling how that energy of whatever you've moved through today so far, or perhaps you have something lingering from yesterday, Or maybe you have something big lingering from many weeks or months or longer than that, that you can feel present in your heart right now. Just noticing what that's doing within your body, what this energy is creating for you. If it's heavy, then feeling that sensation of heaviness. What does heaviness feel like in your body? How does heaviness resonate and translate through the breath? If you would put a word to that feeling or a word to that emotion, what does it really feel like? Whatever is there. And if you feel lightness or joy, then yeah, same thing. What does it feel like to sit here right now and feel that sense of lightness in the body? Can you describe it? And see if you can, just for a couple of more breaths, allow yourself to be super, super present with everything that's here.
And then the moment you feel yourself really connecting to that place inside of your heart, sometimes in the face, we start to reflect that emotion in our hearts. The moment we really tap in and tune within. So sometimes just by doing that for a really brief moment, we immediately start to cry. Maybe you immediately start to smile. Maybe you feel your face shining. Perhaps you feel a little numb. Maybe your jaw drops. Maybe you look a little frowny right now because you're angry about something. Just notice how whatever is moving through your heart is automatically reflected on your face. So let's take a, another really deep, full breath. Inhale in through the nose. One more time at the top of that breath. See if you can hold the breath and linger there a little bit longer. And then let it all out. <sighs> if you'd like, you can open your eyes and just take a moment to look around and... Hmm, feel very present in your body here now. So uh, speaking from the heart in this moment, how am I feeling? <laughs> I have a whirlwind of emotions moving inside of me. So to backtrack a little bit, my book was released a little more than a week ago. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to this on a Friday, it's been already 10 days or a week and a half. And Dennis and I embarked on a, our fir the first leg of the To Love and Let Go tour, which was five states in the U.S. in five days. <laughs> super, super crazy. We had a really, really beautiful trip. I mean, it was really hard. The intensity of a schedule like that was crazy. We literally started off, we flew from Aruba to New York City, which is a four and a half hour flight had a nice dinner in the evening and then like a minute in New York City I felt before we headed off into uh, all the way out to New Jersey to Manasquan where we had a whole theater filled with people completely jam-packed beautiful with people where I had a conversation on stage and then you know got to sign books and hug people it was so so nice it's been a really long time since I did these kinds of events where I got to yeah, be face-to-face -face in any other space that isn't my own yoga studio. So it almost felt like I was kind of dipping my toe back in the space of <laughs> getting out into the world. And it was such a nice reminder, you know, to, to meet you guys, to meet everyone who's listening to this podcast, to meet people who are reading my words every day, people who read the book, I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. And then from there, we flew to Boston and had a huge event in Boston, which was amazing. I think I hugged like 500 something people in, in, in less than two hours. It was really amazing. And from Boston, we flew to Austin, Texas, which I mean, the United States is just a massive, massive country. I did not know how long that flight was. <laughs> it was Super crazy. And we had just a really, uh, yeah, beautiful evening event there. And then from there, we headed back to New York City, where we had the next day an event again in New, in New Jersey, in Ridgewood. And then um, another event, which was in Connecticut. And Connecticut was like a four-hour drive because of traffic. So all of this, you know, five states, five locations in five days. It was so intense. Man, oh man. I mean, it's been a while since I traveled with that intensity. So in a sense, you know, those kinds of trips are always really hard. But the fact that I, I got to literally hug thousands of people was, um, oh, you know, I could cry just, just thinking about it. 
And of course, the first events, the book wasn't out yet. If you haven't bought my book yet, please go buy my book, To Love and Let Go. It's uh, available everywhere <laughs> and to loveandletgo.com. And it was kind of cool on this tour because the first two stops that we had, you know, the book wasn't officially out yet. So I was meeting people who hadn't really read the book. And then the further we went in the week for every day that passed, more and more people actually got a chance to finish the book. And I actually, for the first time, got to meet people who could look me in the eye and tell me in person what they thought about the book. And I have received, literally, I'm screenshotting as many as I can, as many as I see, because I'm receiving so many of them, but I've received thousands, literally thousands of comments and direct messages and emails and reviews, you know, and, and ways in which you guys have reached out to me to tell me that the book meant something to you. I could cry just sharing that, that the book moved you in some way, um, that the book helped you in some way, that that the book is, you know, something that you can use on your journey toward healing, that the book has, even a lot of you guys, that the book has changed your life in some way. And, you know, I've been very, very close to this book for a really long time that I think I, I lost a little, you know, I can't be objective. It's just, I don't, at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't know if this is a good book or not. I'm too close to this, to this work. I need a little space between me. It's hard for me to read this with objective eyes. So, you know, I've, I've of course had this very strong feeling that I wrote something worthwhile, you know, that, that I had a story that was, that I needed to share with the world and that it was really important that I did that. But at the end of the day, you know, it's not until now that I actually get that response that, yeah, that, that was true, that this book is a really important book and it's moved so many of you and, and it's been, yeah, nothing short of amazing, amazing. So I want to take this moment to thank each of you. Um, if you bought the book, thank you. If you read the book, thank you. If you gifted the book to someone, thank you. Every single person who wrote me that comment, DM, review, email, thank you, thank you, thank you. I have been responding to as many as I can, but it's been Oh, I don't think I've been on my phone <laughs> in my life as much as I've been over the past week. I've been really trying to read every single DM that comes through and wanting to be up to date and not miss anything. I've had that feeling of like, oh, I want to know, you know, what you think. I really, really do. And I want to feel what you feel. And I want to, I want to read your words and I, I don't want to forget this. That's been the feeling that I've had that this response has been so beautiful. I don't want to forget it. And so many of you have written me to tell me that, you know, you cried so many times reading this book and that it's been a really emotional journey for you. And, and I just kind of forgot that that's possible in a sense. And I kept telling Dennis, like, I have to, I have to make like a scrapbook of all of these messages and print them or put them on a wall or frame them. Like, I can't forget, you know, one day I'm going to be 70 or 80 and, you know, I don't want to forget that once... I wrote something and it meant something, you know, because that's what this, this book, you know, is. It really means something. And it's so beautiful to know that it means something, not just for me, but for so many of you. So I'm just really, really, really grateful. Oh, oh my God. You are listening to the Yoga Girl podcast, conversations from the heart.
If you watch my Instagram stories, you know I love dal. It's an Indian lentil dish and it's delicious. I make some version of dal at least once or twice a week. It's a type of food that would be especially comforting for those of you who are in cooler climates and need a filling dinner at the end of a nice fall day. My favorite dal recipe calls for onion, cloves, ginger, tomato. I like to put mustard seeds, cumin seeds in there. And of course, Bob's Red Mill's red lentils. Here's a hot tip. If you like it spicy, but you have a toddler at home like me, you can always make make their serving more on the mild side by adding a spoonful or two of vegan sour cream. That way, everyone in the family is happy. Bob's Red Mill lentils are so easy to prepare, they need no pre-soaking whatsoever, and you cook them for just 15 minutes. They break down while cooking and have a slightly sweet flavor, making them perfect for stews and soups. They're also rich in fiber, folate, iron, phosphorus, magnesium, zinc, and potassium. Basically, they're a nutritional all-star. Bob's Red Mill sources them from Washington and Idaho, where the very best lentils in the world are grown. It's true that Bob's Red Mill always knows best. Head over to bobsredmill.com slash yogagirl to check out their awesome products and recipes and enter for a chance to win some really fun Bob's Red Mill goodies. One winner will be selected by random selection each month. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. So yeah, so the, the tour, this was the first leg of the tour. We still have a couple of stops. We're going to New York City for our big live podcast. I think we have five open spots <laughs> or something ridiculous like that, but it's basically a sold out event by now. But we still have Miami, San Francisco, Chicago, and Los Angeles where I'm teaching classes. So there's kind of three legs to this tour, I guess, and the first leg is now finished. So we came home and here's the thing for... For people who aren't in the book industry, I guess it's a really particular and weird kind of, you know, industry to be in. And because I'm not, you know, quote unquote, uh, like I, I don't consider myself a writer <laughs> per se, which is interesting because I've published, written and published two books now. But, you know, I'm many things. I don't know. I, I don't like to label myself at all. But if I you know, if someone would ask me, you know, who are you or what do you do? I think I would, I would turn toward yoga or, you know, 
something around healing before I turn toward, you know, writing or I'm an author, which I guess you're, someone told me once that it's not until you've published your second book that you can officially call yourself an author, which I don't know if that's true. I feel like one book is enough, <laughs> but I mean, as long as you're published, I think that's pretty, it's pretty amazing. But the book business is such a particular business to be in. I mean, one, everyone knows that, you know, print media is kind of a hard space and has been for a long time. But then in the book industry, there's so many specific and particular ways you have to go about things, especially, you know, during the week of publication. It's, it's a really, it's kind of hard to explain, but you know, I've been talking a lot about these pre-orders for this book, which have been super important. And the reason they are important is because the pre-orders count toward the New York Times best-selling list or bestsellers list. And the New York Times list is one of those things that if you don't, you know, if you don't really like know about it or care about it, it doesn't really mean anything. You know, every single book you pick up at, you know, any major bookstore, that's on the top list or at any airport or any of those big books that everybody reads, all of them, I mean, you know, have New York, New York Times bestselling author or New York, number one New York Times bestseller, like it says at the very top of the book. And it wasn't until I published Yoga Girl, my first book that I even, you know, like I'd read, of course, New York Times bestselling book or whatever, but I'd never, I've never actually seen the list. It's not like I've, you know, bought the New York Times and looked at the list. <laughs> I wasn't really present and aware. And then it was my editor and the and the publisher and, and, and my agent, you know, started talking about this list in New York Times. And and uh, I remember that I was like, oh, like, is that a big thing? And I had to have it explained to me like, yeah, it's it's a huge thing. It's a really, really, really big thing. And that it's the most, you know, it's the most important list to get to when you publish a new book. It's so, so, so important. And once you've ever had a book on the New York Times bestsellers list, you can forever and always call yourself a New York Times bestselling author, which is basically, I don't even really know, you know, aside from the fact that it helps you sell the book and it helps more people see the book. And it's this, I don't know, I think it's the thing about prestige. I don't, I actually, I, I kind of wish I had a, kind of wish I had my editor, <laughs> Lauren, who's amazing. Like I wish I had her here so I could interview her a little bit because honestly, I am not in the book business. And even though, yes, I've had two books, you know, published by now, I am not an expert in this at all. It's not, you know, like writing is the one thing I do and publishing book is my one, you know, thing that I'm focused on, you know, like it's, it's a small, it has been at least up until this book, it's been this small, small part of, of who I am and what I do. So anyway, when the, and I remember from the first book that, you know, they explained to me what it means and the list and this and that. And then I remember immediately it was like, you know, but it's very highly unlikely, highly unlikely that you reach the New York Times list. Very, very, you know, it's a really slim chance. And it includes all the releases of that week. And there's different categories of stuff. So I remember my editor then was like, you know, let's not even talk about that because it's just, it's just not, you know, gonna happen. So then I wasn't really thinking about it because I'd never had that experience at all. And then I can remember this so clearly. I was with Dennis, we were in San Francisco, we were at a Whole Foods and I was in the, in the produce aisle and I was like picking peaches, I think, <laughs> just to buy some produce at Whole Foods when all of a sudden my agent calls and my editor calls and they're both on the phone at the same time. And I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> I remember thinking like, why are they both on the phone? And they were just shrieking, like screaming on the end of the line, like, you made the list, you made the list. Holy shit, holy shit. And I just, and it wasn't until we made the New York Times bestselling list on for the first book that I realized what a massive, massive, 
thing that is. I had no idea. I mean, it's a really, really big deal for an author to, to, to reach the list for, I guess, a variety of reasons. And, you know, immediately all the reprints of the book, they changed the cover and they put, you know, New York Times bestseller, they put it on the cover of all the reprints of all the books. And from that moment on, any book that you publish will have, you know, New York Times bestselling author of, and then that book on, on any other cover of any other book ever published. So it's this huge deal. And I remember we got a bottle of champagne. I took a photo in the streets of San Francisco, like popping a bottle of champagne with champagne spraying all over me. Like it was this super fun day. And, you know, since that moment, uh, in every bio that I've ever had about myself in any site or interview or whatever, it includes that I'm a New York Times bestselling author because that's how big of a deal it is. So then it was a big deal, but it was also unexpected. So it was just this joyful thing. I don't think once I even had like a worry, like, oh my God, what if I don't make that list? Because I didn't really know it was a big deal. So that's like the backstory to this. So fast forward to this book, you know, and so many things have changed since, I mean, I guess 2015, 2014, I released Yoga Girl in Sweden. 2015, it came out, and it came out in the early spring in the US. Back then, it was very, you know, when it comes to social media, my life was very, very different. My, uh, the type of, you know, work that I did was very different. I had a, I don't want to get into like Instagram algorithm because it's to me the most boring conversation of all time, but I had a much wider reach of people that actually saw the things that I shared then, which is super strange because I had less followers and I, it was years ago. Right. But there's something with this Instagram algorithm that now I actually reach fewer people than I did when I had half the followers, which is really, really strange. But back then it was just this chronological thing. So every single person that followed me saw what I wrote. And I think it was, you know, way easier at the time to, yeah, to share like, hey, I wrote a book, like go buy it. And there was this big excitement. I was in kind of a hype. It was this like hype of Instagram and stuff. It was just a different time. So for this book, I didn't have this expectation of this book is going to do explosively well. I just didn't. Yeah, I just, I just didn't. I know I'm just not speaking to as many people maybe as I was then. And I also, when I wrote this book, I, I didn't have this thought of selling the book. I didn't have any thought to that. I wasn't thinking about bestselling li bestseller lists. I wasn't thinking about numbers. I mean, not at all. It's been such an emotional book for me to write such a healing book for me to write. I didn't write this book to sell a bunch of books. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, I wrote this book because it was a story that had to be told. I wrote this book because um, if I, I wouldn't have gone to this place of healing if I didn't write these words down. I had to write this book. It was, it was a book that had to be birthed through me. So there has been no other, you know, I haven't even thought about all these other pieces of it. And then I can't remember who, you know, for the first time, it was kind of like we were getting close to release date, like a couple of weeks before the publishing date or publication date where, you know, you know, someone reminded me, you don't, you have to promote the book a lot because the pre-orders count for the New York times list. And I was like, oh, and I had this realization of, oh yeah. Oh God. Okay. That list. Oh yeah. Okay. That's a big deal. Okay. You want to get, you want it to become a bestseller and that's a big thing. And da, da, da. Okay. Okay. So I was, I've been promoting this book like crazy because of course I want you guys to buy it. I want it to sell. I want the book to do well. I want this story to reach as many people as possible. And when we got to the US and I got to see my my editor and I just kind of asked, I was like, hey, so for that list thing, she was like, yeah, let's not, let's not get our hopes up. Like, let's really not. It's such a different climate. Everything is different. You know, with the news cycle of the US right now, it's so different and you're in a different place in your life. And I'm like, no, no, I don't have my hopes up. And then she was like, but you know, like the book is doing really well. So... <laughs> 
And I was like, it is? And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, of course, it's in Target. Target picked it up, which is a really amazing thing. You know, we've had we have amazing reviews on Amazon. I think I have as many reviews on Amazon for this book after one week as I have for Yoga Girl after five, four years. Can you believe that? I have as many, almost as many reviews for this book in the first week that I've had for Yoga Girl in four whole years. I mean, that's, that just blows my mind, four and a half years. So we have so many things going for us. All the events during this this week were all sold out. So it's just like, you know, and I could kind of see like, hmm, like she's positive. And I didn't think that I should even think about that. So I, and then it's kept telling me, don't get your hopes up, don't get your hopes up. But I, I had my hopes up like all week. I've been kind of thinking about it a little bit. And I've also been sharing it through social media. You know, this week is a really important week. If you're thinking about getting the book, the publication week is the most important week because those count for the bestseller list. So so many people have supported me through that. I had so many people who wrote, oh, I didn't know that that mattered for an author. I was going to get the book, but I was going to get it for Christmas or, but I'm going to get it right now. You know, I, so I had so much support and I've been doing this thing. And this is something that I do in life. I don't know if anybody else does this kind of like me, but when I'm afraid to fail at something or when I have this feeling like maybe I'll get disappointed, I kind of act as if I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't know if anybody like does that. If I'm heading out towards something new and it's something that I don't know if I'm going to do well or if I'm not going to make it or if I'm not going to, I don't know, succeed in it, sometimes I just don't even really go all the way for it so that in case I fail, I won't have the embarrassment of failing. I'm, I'm trying to art articulate this because I, I don't talk about this a lot because it's, it's a theme that just, it's not super you know, I, I don't come across it very often in my life, but I have now for this list, for this book. And almost like I was kind of scared almost to go on social media and tell the world like, hey, you guys, I really want to make the New York Times bestseller list. It's the most important thing for me because then if I don't make the list, I'm going to have to kind of, not like it's embarrassing, but it's going to be like, yeah, I guess I suck. I guess I'm terrible. I didn't make the list. Uh-oh, oops. You know, like it's almost like, I don't know. And of course that's not the case. You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast, conversations from the heart. Hiring can be such a challenge. I'm sure any business owner would agree. Since the businesses I run are based all over the world, it adds an even greater challenge. But let me tell you just one of the many success stories from those who use ZipRecruiter. Gretchen Hebner, the co-founder of Codable and badass businesswoman, needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team, so that's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job, so you get a qualified candidate fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was so impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also uses ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the very best ones. And that's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder that four out of five employers who pose on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Y-O-G-A. ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. This is a big theme for me, the idea of, of succeeding, whatever the hell that means. And I, I keep coming across, especially these past couple of weeks, I keep coming across in different ways of forms, people telling me or me reading it somewhere or me having this dropped in my lap as a sign that 
my worth lies in who I am, not what I do. (laughs) My worth lies in who I am, not what I do or what I create. And I'm, I'm taking this astrology course right now. And I've had that, you know, I, I had a, I had a friend tell me that I've been talking to my mom about that because sometimes like I can get really stuck on this thing of like, I'm creating something, I'm making something, building new businesses, new projects, new this and that. And I get really caught up in this idea of doing all the time of, of becoming something of, of, you know, succeeding at something. And then I started taking this astrology course with my friend, Deborah. Um, Deborah Silverman, she's been on the show. You guys have heard that episode, the astrology episode we did. She's amazing. But I'm doing this level one astrology course again. <laughs> I've taken it before. And we're in this group. It's a super sweet group. And the teacher in my group, her name is Amanda, on the first uh, the first class, she repeated that. And I've had it told to me like over the past two weeks, I don't know, like five times in random ways. And she said, you know, in your chart, this is your big life lesson. It's that your worth is not in all the doing. You're not here to do, you're here to be. Yeah, you're that the, the, the value of your heart is just you being who you are, just you existing. You're just here to be, you're not here to do. And it was just this big like, oh man, you know, I, I, I get it and I really get it. And I can also sense it in different ways when I, I can tap into a space of flow, which I've talked about a lot on this podcast, especially recording this show, for instance, you know, when I'm guiding you through a meditation or feeling into the heart or when I'm teaching yoga, anytime I'm teaching a class, anytime I get to speak on things that really move me, when I get to do any kind of storytelling, I can tap into this space of flow and it's so easy, right? I don't feel like I'm doing, I'm, I just am and that's enough. And sometimes at the end of that, I've created something, like I recorded a beautiful podcast episode, for instance, but that podcast episode, you know, if it's from that space of flow, it doesn't come from me doing, it just comes from me being, if, if that makes any sense. So I've had this theme so recurring in my life over the past few weeks, and I've been kind of reminding myself of that, especially during this tour, and I would find myself like thinking about this list, the New York Times list, and at the end of the day, you know, why is it so important? And I've been kind of kidding myself saying, it doesn't really matter. I, it's not that important. And even to Dennis, I've been like, you know, if I don't make the list, like, it's okay. It's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. <laughs> it is a big deal. And I've been kind of afraid to admit it to myself that it is a big deal because I've been afraid of failing, like not making the list would be failure. And then of course, so if you're not in the book industry or book business or whatever, you probably don't know, but the New York Times list comes out for the week that's passed. Every Wednesday after five o'clock, you find out the the list is is released. So even this, like yesterday, I was kind of asking my my editor, I was like, hey, (laughs) it's almost Wednesday. She was like, yep, it's almost Wednesday. And I'm like, don't worry, I don't have my hopes up. But she's like, I kind of (laughs) do, you know, because we both, you know, we we did. And then today, you know, I text her, I'm like, it's Wednesday. She's like, yep, it's Wednesday. And then all day I've been quietly excited and terrified all day. Dennis is on a flight or he was on a flight today. He he flew to Augusta to do a half Ironman. So he hasn't been here. You know, I've been telling my mom and then the clock is like ticking closer to five o'clock and I'm getting more and more excited, but I'm scared to say I'm excited. I'm like scared to have my hopes up. So I'm acting all casual and cool and like, it's not a big deal. And then at five o'clock, I'm like, mom, I'm going to, I'm just going to put my phone here. And I'm like, I have a feeling. So Laura and my editor, I'm like, I have a feeling that if we don't make the list, she, she's just going to text me, you know? And if we do make the list, she's going to call. 
That's just a feeling that I have. But she is the type of person who's really, you know, so sweet and kind. Maybe she would call if we didn't make the list just because she wants to give the news, you know, in person either way. But I'm like going up and down. And I was like, hmm, I'm going to leave my phone on so that, you know, if I hear the bing from the text, then I know we didn't make it. But if she calls, then probably we made it. And she's like, oh my God, just relax, relax. The book has done so well. And, you know, even if you make it, even if you don't, it doesn't, you know, affect the value of the book or what you, and I know all these things are true, but still I was really, really, really excited and terrified. So I go into the bedroom. It's like 5.15 by now or 5.15. And then it's just like, Anne, did you hear? And I'm like, no, he's on the plane. I'm like, no. And it's been, it's 5.15. I really think, you know, she would have called by now. I don't think we made it. I really don't. And then a friend of mine texts like, hey, did you make the list? And I'm like, no, now it's 5.16. I don't know. I still haven't heard. I really feel like she would have called by now. So probably not. And the baby's in the bath and I'm like sitting on the floor in the bedroom watching her in the bath. And then for every passing second, my hopes are just going down, 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 down. And then my phone rings. It's like, it's a phone call. And I can see (laughs) my editor's office. And I pick up the phone and and she's like, hey, and I can't tell by her voice at all. Is it good or bad? I have no idea. She says, hey, let me patch Margaret in. And Margaret is my literary agent. And then as she patches her in, the phone call drops out. So it just hangs up. And I'm like on the edge, literally on the edge of my seat. (laughs) One, she called, which means like, it's probably good news. Two, she's patching in my literary agent. Why would she do that if it wasn't great news? So then by now I'm like bouncing, kind of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But the call dropped out and then she calls back. She's like, hey, and I hear the voice like, hey. So we didn't make the list. And I'm like, like it's been this emotional roller coaster and it's not you know not nobody's fault it's literally inside of me and my expectations and you know of course I have a hard time managing my expectations but it's just like we didn't make the list and I almost like it wasn't until she said it and then she said it twice and I was like really (laughs) like are you sure (laughs) like you know like like it was some cruel joke which of course it wasn't you know yeah you know and both her and my and my agent they're really um yeah, upset. And it's also hearing in their voice that they really thought we made the list. And, you know, we have really strong numbers. We have the numbers to make the list. We have the diversity of all the sales in different places and really, really, really good numbers. We've had an amazing week. They were both really expecting it. And it's just like New York Times, they have this algorithm and this way of doing things that nobody really knows how it works. And it doesn't always make sense, but it is what it is. And I can hear the disappointment in their voices, you know, and we're going kind of in circles with it. And I'm like, the more we talk, we're talking, the more I realize like, oh my God, this is such a huge deal. And it is a huge disappointment. And it is this huge letdown of not making this stupid list. And then finally, I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. You know, I didn't have my hopes up that high, which was a lie, <laughs> obviously. And we hang up and I'm like, okay. And I just, and before I text anyone or anything, I kind of just sat there on the floor. I'm like, I'm just going to give myself a little space. You know, how, how does this feel? And I do this thing sometimes where I, I, I kind of skip from a disappointment straight to like, but that's okay. It's okay. I have so much. Everything is, is so beautiful you know, and I start, and I do that. And I start to think of all the amazing people I met this week, this week, all the amazing reviews I've had, the people that have really reached out, you know, all of the good things that this book has already brought. And I start to think about all the beauty and the healing that came from writing this book. And I start to think of all those beautiful, positive things, but actually, you know, jumping straight to that gratitude isn't really real, 
right? It's not because there is that space of disappointment there. There is that space of sadness there. And, you know, and Leia Luna's in the bath, like covered in bubbles, super joyful. You know, my mom was in the other room, like cooking something, like everything is fine, you know, where I am and everything is beautiful where I am. But I just kind of gave myself that space of just oh, like feeling sad. And, and then I felt almost like, oh, like how, you know, how silly of me to be sad over something like this. Like it's literally just a list, you know, what, what does it matter? But it's true. And bypassing that sadness doesn't mean it's not going to be there. You know, bypassing that sadness isn't going to make it go away. It's just going to mean, and I'm glossing over something that actually was important to me. So I just gave myself that little bit of space of like, oh, and then I texted, texted Dennis and said, hey, we didn't make it. And he's like, what? Oh man. And he's like, I know this is heartbreaking. I know, I know how sad you are. I know, you know, and I just kind of let myself be low a little bit. And then that was that. <laughs> and then, you know, baby has to get out of the bath and, you know, she has to eat and getting ready for bed and all this stuff. And then, I don't know, 20 minutes passed and I kind of forgot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How to, I, you know, I kind of just forgot that I was sad. And then we were doing something else and a little more time passed. And then my mom was like, she asked me something and I said, yeah, I don't know. She said, hey, are you sad? Did you get the news? And I was like, oh, I didn't even tell her. <laughs> like, I kind of forgot. And I'm like, yeah, we didn't make the list. And she goes, oh, but that's okay. There's always next week. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, but there's always next week. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess. <laughs> and it's just like making me like cry with laughter right now. Of course, the the week of publication, like if you're going to make um, if you're going to make the list, that's the week because all the pre-orders count all this stuff. It's the big week where you're promoting the book. But of course, they release this list every week, every week you have a chance of being on the list. You know, anything can happen. So basically, you know, say Oprah would tweet about this book tomorrow. The book can still make the list. You know, Reese Witherspoon picks up this book for Reese's Book Club. <laughs> the book can still make the list like, you know, word of mouth, something you know, explodes with the sales of this book. It turns out it's like the next Eat, Pray, Love. It's like changing people's lives. It's amazing. You know, you can make the list anytime. <laughs> and I just, so it's not like all the doors have closed. It's just like this one specific door relating to publication day. That door has closed. But I have a hundred, you know, doors and windows that I haven't seen yet, that I haven't thought about, that I haven't focused on you know, in the unknown that can be opened at any moment for to make this list because of course I really want to and I don't want to pretend like I don't care because I do care. It is a big deal. And it wasn't until my mom said that. She's like, oh, that's okay. There's always next week. But I was like, yeah, <laughs> she's so fucking right. There's always next week. Hell yeah, there's next week. Oh my God. Having one disappointment is not the end of the world. It's also not the end of getting to where you wanted to go. It's not the end of accomplishing the thing you wanted to accomplish. It's not. It usually just means that, yeah, it's not going to be exactly the way you thought it was going to be. It's not going to be the exact timing you wanted it to be. It's not going to be this picture perfect thing that you, you know, plan in your head. No, because <laughs> the universe is bigger than you. <laughs> God has bigger plans. I really think so. And to me, it's such a beautiful thing that, you know, this book, if you read this book, I share so many challenging things around my mom and our journey. And, you know, now here we are. And she's the one who's, who's making me feel better about the fact that, that the book didn't, 
make this list <laughs> that even just telling the story now it's like oh my god you know here's the thing and here really is the thing I wrote an amazing book <laughs> I did I mean and I know in, in my heart of hearts I know I wrote an amazing book it's it's beautiful it really really is and and that is all <laughs> that is all I had all of these things come my way and it hurt like a motherfucker. It hurt like hell. It almost killed me. At times I thought, maybe I'm not going to make it through. And then I did. And then I told the story. <laughs> and it's a beautiful story. It's a really, really beautiful story. And it's a story that I know has the ability to help other people heal too. For every person who picks up this book and reads it, something shifts in this world. I I wrote a beautiful book and it's it's making an impact. It's changing something. It's changing someone. And honestly, if one single person, one single person out there right now moving through something heavy and hard feels a little bit lighter after reading this book, then what else could possibly matter? That's it. That's literally it. That's that's all I could ever wish for. All I could ever wish for is to have some kind of impact on even just one person's life. So <laughs> I'm crying now sharing this and I'm also smiling because I just feel, <sighs> I feel so grateful. And I know I can sit here and I can feel this grateful because I also let myself feel disappointed and I also let myself feel sad. And this is just what life is. It's this beautiful mix and blend of all the disappointment and all the gratitude and all the death and all the life and all the loss and all the love and all the letting go <laughs> wrapped up into one beautiful experience so again thank you thank you for holding space for me to feel all of this thanks for reading and thanks for listening i'll see you next week Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yoga Girl Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Transferwise, Bob's Red Mill, and ZipRecruiter. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>